Hello, I'm Emma Forsyth, and you're listening to A Little Forsyth, the podcast where I ask people what would they say to their younger self if they could. I want to know what advice, information, tips or encouragement they would give themselves that will hopefully help or entertain others who listen in too. I suppose you could call it Foresight through the benefit of hindsight. I really hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Emma Forsyth, and you're listening to A Little Foresight, the podcast where I ask people what would they say to their younger self if they could. I want to know what advice, information, tips or encouragement they would give themselves that will hopefully help or entertain others who listen in too. I suppose you could call it foresight through the benefit of hindsight. I really hope you enjoy it. My guest today on A Little Foresight is a person I greatly admire in business. She's achieved a huge amount in her career and has just added a new string to her bow, which I'm sure she'll tell us more about. She's been a journalist, commercial director at more than one huge media corporation, spoken on many panels at events and conferences, is a mom to two gorgeous kids, and is very fun to have a night out with. Gillian Fitzpatrick. Welcome, Gillian. Emma, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm a massive, massive fan of the podcast, so it's a real honour to be here. Thank you so much. I'm really delighted to have you as a guest. And like, I just have been, because I've obviously known you a long time and looking at your career and your progression and just how amazing it's been. I, I've just, it's just phenomenal. Well done. Thank you so much. I know. I think, oh, we, we go back a long time. It must be 15 years more, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Might be edging towards 20. Okay, we won't dwell on that too much. No, maybe. we won't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do your big news, but if you want to tell people what you're now doing. Yes, thank you. Um, it's still very much in early stages, but I am branching out by myself. I have set up my own company, which is called Bolter Media. I love um, the name. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, and at the moment, I'm working with some clients, um, mainly within the startup and scale up uh, space. So really helping clients and brands that businesses that maybe maybe they've never had a marketing strategy in place before. They've maybe never embarked on a strategic advertising plan or calendar and really just helping them put a shape on that and helping them launch. You know, there are really specific challenges when you are bringing a new product to market or you're a new business and you're you're about to be public and visible for the first time. Um, so they're the clients that I'm working with at the moment. Um, but yeah, I hope to take kind of from here until year end anyway, just to get my ducks in a row, really take learnings, put a shape on the business with a view, hopefully in maybe January or February of next year to be like, okay, take a bit of a breath. This is who I am. This is who I'm working with. This is um, what I can do best or, or better than, than anyone else. And, and just really own my own, my own space. Um, I think I've thought about setting up my own business and be such an admirer of people like you that have, that have taken that leap because it's not easy no. <laughs> and you get the doubts and you start to think of worst case scenario and you start to maybe get a little bit scared and then you don't take the leap but probably I'd say 
you know, the pandemic, and I know you've touched on this in, in previous episodes, but it really has kind of, I think, adjusted priorities. And it's maybe forced a lot of us to look at the way that we're working, what we want to achieve in your career. I mean, as you very kindly touched on there in the intro, like I've had a great career and I've done things that I'm really proud of. I've made loads and loads of mistakes, but at the same time, I've got all those learnings now. Um, But I think that, yeah, the last 18 months, they've been so strange. They've been so uncertain. And for me, I think having two kids as well and, and spending more time with them. Sometimes, obviously, we're we're killing one another because it's another round of homeschooling or it's another, you know, day of, oh, God, we're going to have to go on a 5K walk again. And, you know, you're starting to get a little bit claustrophobic. But at the same time, yeah, I think when you do have kids, it's it's another dynamic. It's another consideration, obviously a big consideration. And that's definitely been a factor as well of of being able to build something that's that's got my own fingerprint on it rather than working for someone else. And and look, the way I look at it now is if it doesn't work out, if I fall flat on my face, if in six months time it's all gone completely belly up and and it's not working out, I can get another job. Well I'm a hundred percent certain that this time next year I'll be talking to you and you'll be like you'll have some conglomerate. Never mind just a small business. You have this like huge agency. Maybe not this time next year, but maybe years <laughs> okay we'll give it we'll give you three years but uh, no I I know it's it's going to go amazing for you but yeah you are definitely that's a, a thing that a lot of um friends of mine and clients and just people I know have, have spoken about when it comes to the pandemic and I think it's one of the few positives of the pandemic is that a lot of people have realized that they do maybe need to have a slightly different work-life balance and slow down a bit and as when we were having a quick chat earlier, you were saying it was just so normal for you to do 12 hour days because that's what you've always done and you get caught up in it. And, but as I said, then once you had like the two gorgeous little kitties at home and you realized, oh, well, actually I can format my day slightly differently and I can kind of, you know, still do all the work and still do loads of hours, but not necessarily having to be at a desk from half seven in the morning until half seven in the that's evening. I think it is trying to find a different work-life balance. And as you say, look, I'm a little bit of a workaholic. I love working hard. And uh, it's definitely something, it's something that's really important to me. You know, it's it's my professional achievements and my career is definitely an important part of my identity. I would say that at times it's been too weighted towards that identity. And I put too much emphasis on you know, how I'm, how I'm perceived through the lens only of career professional achievements. And and probably just as I've gotten a bit older, but definitely also because of lockdown and pandemic and concerns about all our health and the health of our loved ones, concerns about businesses, the economy. I mean, I think that they're all things that maybe just loosened some of that for me and put less pressure on me that I was only, or I was a majority my work or and you know that that's how people viewed me I think I was able to adjust but as I said that's probably a few factors I'm, I'm definitely maturing getting more experience having a better sense of perception perspective I think is is probably part and parcel of that yeah and as you said as you get older you start to become far more aware of your self-worth in a lot of ways so you realize that you know well actually I I am more than just being at that desk those hours I know I can do this and I bring so much to to the table and I'm 
but now I'm going to kind of change it so that suits me slightly better. Yeah, and look, I've I've always worked long hours because, yeah. as you know, if you work in media, it's it's not nine to five. Um, you work on a different schedule. I remember when I was doing my master's in journalism in DIT, I was involved in a, a kind of like a startup publication that really targeted um, visitors to Dublin. And it was profiling the, the hidden gems of the city and, and maybe the things outside of the usual tourist attractions that visitors might want to want to explore. And I used to get up at oh, 7am and I'd work away at that. I would have had done my interviews. I'd be writing them up. I'd be formatting things. And then I'd submit that to to the owner of, of that publication. And then it was on the Lewis into DIT, do my lectures, do my classes. And then I'd pack up around lunchtime and I'd go off to the Irish Daily Star, which at the time was in Terranure. And I'd do a, a sub-editing shift, which would take me up till 10, 11, 8 p.m. And, and that was my day, you know. And and then I when I got my first full-time job in the Irish Daily Mail, um, you know, they were they were atypical hours. So I'd start in the late afternoon at around 3 p.m. And, and then you'd work until the newspaper had, had gone to print and was done and dusted, which on a good night could be 10 p.m. And if something broke, it could be midnight. So, you know, when you're when you're kind of I've, I've never been somebody who's worked nine to five. I've you know, it's just not reflective of the sector that I operate in. Um, you're always keeping one eye on a breaking story or a development um, in a commercial capacity. You're always keeping one eye on who's sponsoring what, who's advertising where. Um, and when you're when you're kind of, um, I guess, plugged in like that, you, you don't necessarily switch off. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I think that um, you know, hard work can get you can get you plenty of places. So it's probably just about a readjustment now. Definitely. So, as you said, you've listened to the other podcasts, which I'm so grateful for. Thank you. Um, and you have an idea of what the theme of the podcast is. So what would current Gillian tell younger Gillian? Oh, so many things. Um, <laughs> I think that's something that you've touched on in previous episodes is not putting too much weight on how you're perceived by others. And I do think that that's something that comes as you mature. And, you know, as you get older, your friendship circle probably does get smaller. You know, you're not going out every weekend, or if you are, it's still different. Um, you're not maybe necessarily socializing and mingling with a broad, wide group of people. So um, I think that, yeah, you probably then adjust a little bit more and you're not constantly aware of, people on the peripheral or friends of friends that you're trying to impress. Um, so that's definitely something that I would say I've learned anyway. And probably, I think it probably is applicable to so many different people because as you mature, you, you do, you can probably get more confident as well. And you probably, yeah, don't put that, that same emphasis on what do people think of me? Um, I still have a bit of that. Like I'd hold my hand up. I'm not, I'm not completely removed or immune to it. Um, I still have that strand of what do people think of me and do people like me or, or in a professional capacity, do people think I'm really good? You know, do people think that I'm a star? 
Um, and I'm always slightly striving for that, but I'm aware of it. And I'm aware that it's not good to put too much of an emphasis on that. Um, I think as well, something that I would say to myself aged 22 is to tackle things early and whether that's professionally, personally, to do with your health, your mental health, you know, just to really don't put things off. Um, don't put things on the long finger. If you have a niggling health concern, if you are, you know, if, if you feel that your anxiety is increasing or that it's something that you're grappling with on a daily basis, um, put in a call to your GP. It's not a big deal. It's actually, you'll feel great afterwards. And by and large, you know, there's such, there's lots of support from GPs out there and you can chat through options, etc. And yeah, definitely I've dealt with plenty of anxiety in the past and it's probably taken me to my thirties to kind of actually tackle it because when you're in your twenties, I felt like I was just on the hamster wheel and the various ups and downs you, well, I certainly normalized it a little bit. So I'd say, yeah, tackle, tackle things early. And as I said, whatever health considerations or concerns that you have, just don't put it off. You you know, the peace of mind that comes with somebody telling you, no, that's actually fine. You know, even things like making sure you're getting your smears done, all these things, you know, they're really important and, and they're easy to put off or they're easy to deprioritize or you kind of say, I'm sure it's fine. It's probably okay. It's not a big deal, but actually you get these things done and it gives you peace of mind or it, as I said, it, it allows you to address something or tackle something early. So, yeah, I would definitely say that. And um, you just don't have that. You feel a little bit probably invincible when you're in your your 20s. And you maybe feel that, um, again, maybe it comes down to confidence, tackling things, addressing things, um, not putting things off. You know, maybe maybe in your 20s, you're more inclined to do that because you're not as equipped to be able to manage or deal with things. But um, yeah, I would definitely say tackle tackle whatever it is that's on your mind. And that could be a whole host of different things. Um, and then finally, on a very practical level, I would say, and I think this is in particularly important for women, but get your finances in order. You know, actually, I think that when I think of my parents and my dad, they were so on the ball with their finances, pension, <clears throat> they saved, they knew about interest rates. They knew they'd shop around for their mortgage. Um, and there's something that I, I feel like our generation almost like didn't quite get those same transferable skills. <laughs> and we've forgotten how to or we've we've, I don't know, deprioritized just looking at our finances. And I would say to my younger self, as soon as you start your first job, put away a few quid every month. It doesn't have to be big money but just getting into that habit and and getting into the discipline even if it's 10 euro even if it's 20 euro a month put that away look at your pensions get your finances in order and as I said for women in particular I think get comfortable talking about money don't uh, shy away from asking for more money Um, make sure that your time that you put a value on that um, in terms of you know professional and, and your career you know, just, yeah, get comfortable talking about money. And I actually think that that comes from if you have your own finances in order. And when I say in order, like I'm not talking really in depth, complicated investments or anything, but 
knowing how much is coming in, maybe get a simple spreadsheet going, right? This is how much I have to spend this week on makeup or clothes or bus fare, whatever it is. Um, Try and put away a little bit of savings. As I said, it doesn't have to be a lot of money, but just for that discipline and to get yourself in that mindset. Um, Look at things like pensions, et cetera, early. And that will help you then be more confident around money and be more able to talk about finances or salaries or what your worth is. And I think that's really, really important. And starting that as early as you can is only a good thing. That's brilliant. Like that's you've given some unbelievable advice there, but that final one is just, you're so right. It's so important. And I think it's a combination of a few of the things you've touched on there uh, that that women don't necessarily mm-hmm. look at their finances as well as they should. Um, it's like, I think the invincibility, as you said, is, oh, well, sure, I'm grand. I'll be able to keep working forever. But the confidence thing is another. It's huge. And I think uh, sometimes women feel uh, pushy, you know, because there has been that whole it's, it's getting much, much better. But for many years, there's been that whole, well, oh, like if, if a woman is successful, oh, she must, excuse my language, she must be, must be a bitch or she must yes. be really pushy or she must be this or she must be that. And now that is changing. And thanks to people like you out there, like, you know, showing that, look, oh, I can be myself and be very successful. Um, you know, that has definitely changed. But yeah, finance thing is brilliant. And I, I probably didn't think about it because I'm not so good at it, but. Um, no, what? I didn't do it either, though. This is not. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not speaking here from experience. When I was 22, I was not, you know, I was earning for a 22 year old with no kids relatively yeah. decent money. And I should have been putting away yeah. 100 quid a month. I wasn't. I was going out. You and I were probably in town. dresses to go to Crystal. <laughs> exactly. So I'm, I'm not saying this as somebody who actually uh, did this when I was 22 or even 26 or 28, but I do look back and think they're really important skills and they're actually relish. It's relatively easy to start some of these things and just be savvy about your finances and savvy about, you know, what you have to spend and what you don't have to spend. And even having that discipline of saving is, is really, really good. It's brilliant. I actually have Maya's really, really good. I, I'm not so good. Warren is very good. And Maya is really good at saving now. Now, I know when I was younger, I wasn't too bad at saving, but that's because you didn't have to spend your money on anything. And I mean, younger, younger, Maya's age. Post office like, account. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're, you're Henry Hippo or whatever they were. Um, but I'm going to just try and make sure that, and I think actually going by Maya's personality, I think she is a bit more like Warren, thankfully, in that respect. But I am going to just keep pushing her and keep making her do that because it is so easy to think, oh, sure, like, you know, here's the money coming in and I may as well just buy what I want with it, you know, which is, it's fun. And obviously when you're younger, like when you're younger, younger, yes, that's grand. But as you said, when you start getting into your 20s and stuff, it is kind of important to think a little bit more long term but one other thing that you actually touched on and it's something I don't have I'm not one for writing big big notes because you know the whole point of this is what you would say one thing you touched on is your friends and I I have to say I am so not I don't say in all but I just think your girl girl group can I say that anymore your group of friends I'm so excited to be called a girl (laughs) I know (laughs) it's just such a lovely friendship that you guys have and you're you're all so successful and but you're all so supportive of each other and I just I think it's amazing 
Yeah. And actually that close group of friends that I have, which, um, yes, Rosanna, Haley, Veronica, Katie Jane, Dawn, and we've got a great WhatsApp group. It's the kind of WhatsApp group that you don't look at your phone for a couple of hours. You come back to your phone and you see you've got like 147 messages that you're trying to scroll through quickly and catch up on. Um, obviously I haven't seen anyone really over the last 14, 15, 16 months. Um, and in particular, Haley just had a baby, um, this week. So she's got her newborn now at home with her. Of course, Rosanna had her twin boys. So there have been these huge milestones along the way, but it's nice to be able to still stay so close and to connect really well with that group. Um, but I think all of them, they all have their own businesses or have operated their own businesses and all within really different sectors. Um, you know, Haley works within construction and property and she's built up. I mean, she's definitely such a huge inspiration to me because she's built up a really nice business. She owns her, owns her niche and she's good at what she does. And again, she has that flexibility now because she does have a young primary school age child plus now a newborn. So things will be very busy. Similar. I mean, look, Rosanna is just an absolute powerhouse in terms of brand building, public profile. She has reinvented and evolved so many times. I mean, she's been in the public eye now for so, so many years and has transferred from Miss World to a really successful modeling career, but then obviously specializing and in going into nutrition and being able to write books. Um, and yeah, she's, she's incredibly inspiring and such a hard worker and such an intelligent person. Oh, so um, she works so hard. I don't, I, I, I think so when people hard. meet her, even just in class when they meet her, they're just so, surprised at a how how genuinely nice she is she's such a lovely lovely person um but b just how hard she works in class because sometimes people you know with a higher profile wouldn't do a class right yeah, people, yes. and b wouldn't necessarily push themselves too much because you know yeah <laughs> you know yourself when you're exercising absolutely. no absolutely and dawn i mean she's so incredibly creative um a designer i mean she's designed bespoke wedding dresses for some incredibly high profile individuals. She's dressed people for the red carpet. Jenny Winley is somebody whose brain is so incredibly creative and imaginative, um, which is not a side of my brain that's always switched on. So I really like when, I, you know, when there's somebody who, who kind of has the opposite thought process or outlook that you do. Um, Ken Jane is phenomenal. I mean, she, she's a hair entrepreneur, everything from hair extensions to really high quality hair dryers to styling tools. Um, and somebody again that has just worked so incredibly hard from the earliest age, really from the time she was a teenager in her early twenties, she was working hard and has really built up, um, really diverse, impressive business that has different touch points um, and, you know, lots and lots of opportunity for for growth. And um, Veronica, I mean, she's incredibly um, talented when it comes to jewellery design, sourcing, um, high quality stones. She's so knowledgeable about that process. And, you know, if you were somebody that had 20,000 euro to spend now on a nice big rock, she would be the woman to go. She would source it. She'd have all the contacts. She lives in in England now, but she would know all that uh, network and would be able to um, yeah make that happen. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, you know, they're a group of women that, as I said, just 
very, very smart, um, very able and all have their own businesses. And I think in the past, I always thought, God, I'm the only one that, you know, I'm here like working away for, for other people. I'm an employee. I'm, you know, get my salary at the end of the month and look at the amazing women that I'm surrounded by. Um, and I think that definitely their achievements professionally and personally and just their, I think, savviness and drive definitely inspired me. I, in fact, I don't think that I would be now at a stage where I am setting up my own company and branching out and wanting to really build a successful business if if I wasn't surrounded by women like that. Yeah, it's, it's so amazing to have that group of friends. Um, and going back to Katie Jane, her, the, the land I blow. Oh my goodness. Phenomenal. Couldn't live without it. It is amazing. And actually I was um, somewhere the other day and they had the Dyson hairdressers, oh, hair, sorry, Dyson hair dryers. And I was so excited to use it. It is, no, it's sorry, not, Dyson. It's not on a par. It's not on a par to it. What I love about the Lanai Blow is these, it's such a simple thing, but the super long lead. So I think the lead on it is 1.2 meters. And who, I mean, very few of us, live in a house where we're constantly surrounded by sockets or we have a perfect positioning of our mirror yes. versus socket versus, you know, and you move different parts of the house or, if, you know, sometimes the kids are downstairs, I'll bring the hair dryer down with me and I'll dry my hair. So having that long lead, it's such a simple thing. And I remember when Kelly Jane was developing that product, it was something that was really important to her and she wanted to make it really light. And I love that as well is that, you're drying your hair and your arm is not aching because they've really worked hard to develop a product that's super strong and does dry your hair really quickly, but doesn't weigh an absolute ton. Yeah. And particularly after exercising, drying your hair, <laughs> if your hair is longer, it's just like, <laughs> it's, it could be such a challenge, but so, I know we've totally segued now, but it is amazing. If anyone's looking for a new hair dryer and like Lanai Blow is just phenomenal. So well done, Kate Jane. <laughs> a really good price point, you know, especially yeah. compared to the likes of a Dyson, as you say. It's um yeah. yeah, really like affordable for a high quality product. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> a, li- a little ad for Lanai Blow, but it's amazing. <laughs> you know what? It is it's amazing when you think about an Irish woman, Irish entrepreneur, and she, you know, she works closely as well with, with Barry, her husband, but developing really, you know, amazing products like the Lanai Blow or you know it's it's just it's fascinating and inspiring to see that and um it really I think it, it, it helps yeah it helps definitely to to see people make a success of their various sectors and um you know I, I, I guess for me and that group of friends it's also I think quite nice that we all have our own little pockets or areas of expertise or our own experiences, different backgrounds, etc. Uh, because it does, it helps you see things from different perspectives. If you want to throw something out there, want a soundboard, if you want to get um, somebody's opinion on something, it's nice when you have people coming from different positions, different skill sets and, and different backgrounds. Yeah, it's brilliant. So what else would Gillian tell her younger self? Um. Work hard, but don't get too uh, focused, I think, on the dream. And that sounds completely contradictory to what a lot of social media memes and a lot of inspirational TED Talks say, which is always about 
follow your dream, do what you love. Um, you know, don't, like don't, it's that, uh, it's that cliche, isn't it? If you do what you love, you'll never work a day of your life. Um, <laughs> and, and you know what? They're, they're all really important things, but actually being good at what you do and being successful within your sector and earning money are all important factors too. Yeah. Um, you know, there are certain, certain kind of maybe disciplines or certain professions that mightn't be quote unquote exciting or, or mightn't be viewed as exciting, but they're incredibly important. Probably around, there's lots of roles within finance that, you know, might have that label whereby they're not viewed as being like the dream or they're not viewed as being public facing, but they're very, very important. They're the backbone of businesses. They allow different sectors and businesses to operate efficiently and they get really well paid accordingly. And do you know what? There's huge amounts of satisfaction in simply being good at what you do and earning good money for what you do. And I think that you need to have a little bit of a balance. And again, this this comes with the experience, etc. Um, you need to find a balance between going after your dreams and not deprioritizing some really practical considerations. And I actually don't just mean income by that, but I, I mean I mean being good at what you do and finding finding your specialist skill set and finding what you can bring to the table that maybe nobody else can. And they're really good building blocks to then get you to your dream. But if you don't have that in place, if you don't have some experience, if you don't have um you know, an ability, I suppose, to roll up your sleeves and to do the day job. It's really, it's really difficult then to get yeah. to the dream position. You know, if you'd asked me at 22, what do you want to be? And if I, and if I said, well, I'd love to own my own media business and I'd love mm-hmm. to, you know, um, I'd love to ha- plan advertising for and marketing for huge clients. Well, I needed to do all the stuff in between to be able to get to a point now where I can actually do that. So. Yeah. Yes, have your dreams, of course, but don't feel or don't assume that you can bypass the practical, maybe quote unquote boring stuff that you need yeah. to get to that point. Um, otherwise, it's 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 risky and you need to find a balance, I think, professionally between aspiration and just being reckless. And sometimes recklessness works out, but a lot of times it doesn't. And that leads to huge amounts of frustration you know, if you're on a roller coaster of setting up businesses or chopping and changing jobs or moving between different sectors, that that becomes frustrating after a while. So don't deprioritize the building blocks to get to your dream. So have your dreams, but don't don't feel that you can just go from zero to 60. You know, do do realize that there is work and experience and that every challenge you come across and even the setbacks They'll all help you get to where you ultimately want to go. Yeah, and I think that's a, a, in case you can hear in the background, that's Bella. <laughs> She's decided to sit with me today. It's not me making all the, the funny noises. She's looking at me now. It's giving me the side eye, saying, "Why are you talking about me?" And um, sorry, we're just going back briefly to what you were saying there. That's so important. Like we we actually had a very quick chat beforehand. Well, no, we didn't. We had quite a long chat, but we had a chat beforehand. And one of the things that we did say is that whole, "If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life." It's such a fallacy. Like, you know, you 
you may love what you do. It's still work. You still mm-hmm. have to work hard. You still have to do stuff. Like, you know, you, particularly if you do own your own business and particularly at the start, you may not have somebody doing the accounts and, you know, so you might be doing all of this, whether you like it or not. So as you said, it's great to have a grounding where you actually are able to do all the different things. And, you know, like you might be the cleaner one day or you might be this another day because that's what it takes and you just, you have to do it. And I suppose social media has unfortunately led a lot of younger people in particular to believing that everything is instant gratification everything happens the second you want it to and unfortunately most things in life don't work that way very often I I couldn't agree more it is definitely that instant gratification and a sense of if I want something enough or if I if I just you know focus hard enough then it'll happen um and yes I, I think actually you'll just end up causing yourself more distress and more frustration than if you just said do you know what I'm gonna do all the boring stuff I'm gonna do the things that maybe I don't love or I don't really want to do or I'm gonna do the job that I I like but I don't have to love it um but I'm also good at it so that's that's um box ticked and just build out build out your experience and and look look further in the future than next year or six months time yeah, sorry. There's like a heavy breathing <laughs> dog in my ear. Go on, Bella. <laughs> I don't well, normally have her in. We moved house, so I'm I'm in a totally different area. Um, I I did have an area that was well away from her, so but now she's kind of like, but you're beside me. I come over to you, <laughs> which is lovely. Thank you, Bella. Thank you very much. <laughs> she's so cute. <laughs> Thanks. She probably wouldn't be able to ignore her. She comes up like a little paw. Hi, yeah. attention, please. She puts her paw on you. It's like I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> like I know, Bella. But yeah, so you have always been quite a sporty person. Do you think that's something that's very important? I, well, it certainly helped me, um, and I think it's been. It was great for, like, say. Even when I was in school, it was great for meeting new people, so to speak. You know, when you're in school, you're quite, you stick with your year, whereby if you're doing sport and you're playing on different teams, then you're meeting people and becoming friends with people who are a year below you or a year above you or two years above you. I think that's, that's really good. Um, yeah, I've, 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 I suppose I'm competitive. Um, I take to sports really well. I played absolutely everything in school, everything from tennis to basketball to hockey, cross country, athletics. I did it all. I never, I never really specialized in any one particular sport. Maybe hockey probably is what I played more than, than any other sport, but I never really focused on one particular discipline. I just liked to get out and about, run around, um, play on different teams. Um, I was really good at a lot of sports, but I wasn't like universally so. For example, I played tennis, but I, I played on the like third team or whatever in in uh, tennis. Um, but I just liked it. I wasn't particularly good, especially for some of the girls in my school who were maybe in clubs and they were like brilliant at tennis. And I was more just like, Ash, I'll pick up a racket and, and have a go kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I loved, I you know, there's good kind of, different seasons in sports so you know during the summer yeah I would be doing a bit of tennis um a bit of cricket you know different anything that gets me out and about kind of thing um 
I think that for if you're in a sales and commercial role, I, yeah, having that sporting background is is probably really good. I, I mean, I played to a, a good standard. I played uh, Division One Leinster hockey, which you know was in, in sixth year um, when I was eighteen, which is a really high standard, and would have Irish players in that. Um, I would have played to a decent standard in cricket. I for athletics and track and field, I would have um, competed in the All Ireland Schools competition and would have represented Leinster. So, you know, there were things that I was I was probably particularly good at. But as I said, I never, in some ways, I I probably needed to focus on one thing rather than ten things or or five things um, to be really really good. And you know, I got to eighteen and I went to UCD to study English and Greek and Roman. And I kind of gave up pretty much, not all my sport, but a lot of it um, because I had been training like eight times a week. I was training twice on some days in the morning and the evening. So yeah, it was, I got to that point and I just really wanted to take a break, I think. So um, I never, it, it's, it, it was kind of then only recently over the last few years that I've started to play softball um, which is a great game, great game to pick up. And there's lots of teams around around Leinster, certainly, that play, but also um, it's teams of Connacht and Ulster as well. And it's mixed mixed teams, men and women play together, um, various mixed abilities, and just a good, I think it's a good balance of getting out and about, getting out into the sunshine, running around the place, you know, feeling good out in the fresh air, Um and yeah, just, you know, having something new to, to learn. Um, yeah, so that's brilliant. And also, I think um, <laughs> playing sports like that gives you focus um, and drive. And also from my point of view, I know that exercise and, and sport has always been something that helps phenomenally with mental health yeah. as well as physical health. Yeah, and it gives you a bit of discipline. And, you know, you have to turn up for your training session. You have to be on time. You've got to have your gear in order. you got to go along to the matches. Um, and look, there are times now, not that soft, you know, I'm not particularly good at softball and it's not like super hardcore or anything like that. But of course there are times I'm sitting at home, it's six o'clock, the kids are running around and I'm thinking, oh, I need to leave soon to pop off to a training session. And I really don't want to do it, but I do, and I always feel great then afterwards, and always really glad that I that I went along. So, having that discipline and having to go somewhere for a certain time, as I said, even if it's just doing a few laps of a pitch, hitting a few balls, um, it just it really really helps. And also, it's probably great from the point of view that, as you said, you have been at home, and there has been all the homeschooling, and like as much as we love our families, it, it, you know. It, it's so much it has been so much for the last 16 months it's probably great to have a little bit of me time definitely definitely and and just exactly as you say having something completely different not looking at the same um yeah walking routes around my house not looking at the same people not having the same routine it's lovely just to break it up definitely and it's really really important um you know not but not everyone is sporty I think that there's there's genuinely something for everyone and, and be it the likes of a Pilates class or if it's a walk, you know, a, a fast walk or a jog, um, hiking up a mountain or a hill at the weekend. You know, it doesn't, not everybody is sporty and not everybody wants to be hitting a ball or, you know, within a team scenario, but there's definitely something for everyone. And 
Um, and then there's a lot to be said for just going, do you know what? I'm not very good, but I still enjoy it. So <laughs> you don't have to be playing to a really high standard. You don't have to be some absolute superstar. If you enjoy it, it gets you out. It gets you mingling with your teammates. Um, you know, why not then? Yeah, it's funny, though. I think I can see, obviously, from the studio, I see people's personalities and competitive people. Very rarely they're competitive with other people in the class. That's not how it works. But you can see how competitive they are within themselves. Um, and just even little goals, like if they're doing an exercise just and that they're not very good at it, just getting better and doing it for longer. And it's funny because it's it's nothing major. It's nothing massive. But you can actually see how delighted people are when they do achieve that extra little bit, you know, and, and also it's so good for your, your mental health. Like even just to get out and if you're having a bad day, as you said, whack a ball or like do something and just get all that stress out. Like I remember one client coming in and she's so lovely and she'd always be so chatty and so smiley and she came in one day and you knew not even like I knew not even to say hello to her basically kind of thing and you knew <laughs> and at the end of the class she came over and she said thank you so much if I had gone home and this is way pre-pandemic obviously because classes you know and um, but she said if I had gone home to my family I would have been like a bear with a sore head I would have just literally you know like gone for them but she said now I've gotten all my frustration from the day out and I can just go home and be you know nice me no exactly and um, as a parent you can you can decide that that's not important when of course it is and of course you need time away from your family and time away from the kids and all of us should be building in a few slots every week whereby whether it's a walk a coffee with a friend or going for a run going for your exercise class whatever it is um, those things are vitally important. Absolutely. And so would, I don't want to say old Gillian, because you're not old, you're still very young. Would current Gillian <laughs> have much to say to uh, younger Gillian about, well, I suppose like just having kids and, and being married. So you got married quite young yourself, and you, but you're together a long, long time. So yeah, we are together. We were together a long time. We started going out when we were 19. So like crazy. <laughs> but, and so, yeah, we got married 26, 27. Um, uh, but I, you know, I do think and when you're with somebody a long time, sometimes people can look at you and go, oh, like, that's really straightforward. Sure. You just, you know, you're together, you got married, had your kids. But I always say if you're in a long term relationship, um, you go through different stages of your relationship. So you go through your life stages, you go through your challenges. And, and I don't want to say it's like ups and downs, but they're just, it, there is that evolution of your relationship. Like you, you have different stages, different challenges. And obviously the most important thing is that you work through those together um, and that you come out the other side. Um, but yeah, like it's, Sometimes like I have some friends and maybe they're single now and they're, they're almost like, oh, you're so lucky. Sure. You just kind of all worked out for you. And I'm like, I absolutely am so lucky. I'm so fortunate um, and would never lose sight of that. But it's not as straightforward as just saying, oh, like fairy tale, you got married and that was that. You know, you do. You have to always be working on your relationship and you have to you you have to take um, the challenges along with the blissful periods, along with the 
now we're parents and we're, you know, we've got different responsibilities and different focuses. So you do still, in some ways, while we have been together a long time, like I feel like I've had 10 different relationships because we've had 10 different stages and prior to kids and then the kids are small and now they're at primary school. So again, like it's just, it's different, different focuses, different priorities, different relationship. And I'm sure that will continue, like hopefully if we stay married <laughs> for into the future, you know, I'm sure that will continue as the kids get older and then we move into different parts of our careers and then eventually into retirement or whatever else we're doing. But it is, it is, yeah, it's, it's different, different life stages. Um, I think that for me, I mean, I was pregnant when I was 28. I didn't know anyone who had a baby, like, well, like one or two people, no, no real close friends um, that had a baby, and when I look back now, I was I was completely removed from the reality. Like when I was pregnant, I, I found it really difficult to actually think about, oh, my God, I'm going to have a baby at the end of this. Um, and I definitely when I had Julia, I almost was trying to prove a point then afterwards that like, oh, I'm back, you know, like nothing's changed. Um, I remember when I was pregnant with Julia like a few people said to me and they're probably well-meaning in in fairness but they said oh you'll feel very different about your career and you'll feel very different about your job and you won't really work the same afterwards and I was thinking no that's not true I know me and I'm going to be as driven and as focused as ever at my career but I think that those sorts of comments made me feel a little bit insecure and a little bit worried about who I'd be and how I'd be viewed at the other side once she was born. I remember running, the, she was born a similar time to Maya. Yeah. She was born the kind of third week of April. And I remember running the uh, Dublin Mini Marathon, the first, the bank holiday weekend of June. So it was six weeks after she was born. I ran it in 50 minutes. Um, I was in the gym two weeks after she was born and I was doing all those things to prove a point, yeah. to prove that I want, that I hadn't changed, that I was back, that I was, you know, that I was, this wasn't going to be this massive disruptor in my life. Um, and a lot of that came from just, as I said, uncertainty, insecurities, I suppose. Um, but also, again, coming back to how I was perceived, what other people thought of me. And because I, I didn't know people with kids, I didn't know loads of people who had been pregnant and who had newborns. Um, I mean, I was still finding out really basic information about being pregnant or giving birth up until the very end. I, remember, oh, I think we all do. <laughs> yeah, I remember meeting my cousin for a coffee, like maybe a week before Julie was born. And she was like, have you got your maternity pads? And I was like, what's a maternity pad? Like, you, you know, so yeah, I was, I was definitely quite blissfully ignorant. Um, I was pregnant and sometimes I look back and I, I just think I had such a different experience with Felix I was when I was pregnant the second time and I just turned 31 when I was found out that I was pregnant and I was so much more relaxed and confident and I really enjoyed maternity leave with him I took my six months I some of my best and happiest memories are of that time or of going up to Dundrum with him in the buggy getting a coffee, just wandering around the shops and just, yeah, some of my happiest times. Um, Even though he'd be up 
all night and he would sleep from 7am to lunchtime. That was his sleeping passion, whereby Julia had been one of those babies that really from early kind of six weeks or eight weeks, she was sleeping through right. the night. And she, she was one of those kids. Um, but yeah, it's something that I think that I still at times struggle with a little bit. I feel like I was a bad parent to Julia when she was small because I wasn't, I wasn't in the mindset I should have been in or I feel like I should have been in. And I, I do think there's a big contrast. And I was like, oh, God, I was such a much better mother to Felix than I was to Julia because I just I was trying to prove things that I shouldn't have been trying to prove. And I had maybe a bit of a chip on my shoulder and and all the rest. And sometimes I do look at her and I'm like, I'm so sorry. You were the experimental child. <laughs> <laughs> well, firstly, that's absolutely not true. We're all so hard on ourselves. But secondly, luckily, that was when she was teeny tiny and will not remember anything at all. Right. <laughs> so, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you know, you can you can make the mistakes at that stage. But uh, it is so true. Like as women and and mothers, like just as women in general, that there's such a focus on us to you know like be so brilliant at everything and and the load. And this has been you know obviously in the pandemic, this has been focused on quite a lot. Like the load on women does appear to be a little bit bigger than the load on men when it comes to you know equal separation of like home and children and all the different things like that on top of work um but yeah it can be so hard but it's brilliant that you only a few years later actually realize that like one thing I do regret and I couldn't really have done it any other way is not really taking maternity leave with Maya Mm -hmm. because you know running your own business you don't you can't you don't get an awful lot of opportunity unless yeah. you have a massively successful business. Um, you don't get an awful lot of opportunity to take maternity leave. But do you know what? I think even if you know, even if it was put unquote massively successful, it's still really difficult to say I'm going to switch off for six months. I'm, I'm not going to make any decisions. I'm, you know, especially when you have a business that is client facing. You've got yeah. your regulars who are coming in. You know that they love the classes. It's part of their schedule and it's the fear that if you take time off you lose the what you've built up towards and that that's scary and that's uh, I think in any career that that particularly for women that that is a factor that shouldn't necessarily be there and it is changing it is getting a little bit better and obviously with paternity leave and stuff but uh yeah Yeah. like I mean I actually sorry I was actually forced into taking an extra few weeks because I had to have a c-section like genuinely I think if I didn't I wouldn't yeah. back. <laughs> no. Yeah, I took I only took 14 weeks yeah. with Julia. And that was because I mean James is a teacher, so I knew he was going to be at home. Yeah. So that was one, I suppose, practical consideration that she wasn't being packed off to crash. Yeah. <laughs> she, you know, she had a parent at home, and because I was still working maybe slightly atypical hours, I was still kind of around during the day, and then I pop off so it did work practically for us but again I look back I mean I I did it's fine to only take 12 14 weeks whatever but I did it for the wrong reasons you know I did it to get back at the desk and to prove that I was still as driven and as focused and as um, as ambitious as ever um and I didn't feel that same level of pressure with Felix and but I also didn't I didn't I mean maybe this is my perception or maybe I just weathered certain comments or certain observations from other people a little bit better but I think because I had Julia and then people saw me work hard and still saw me being very focused on my career afterwards I think then 
the comments that got to me when I was pregnant the first time around maybe weren't said the second time around. So people didn't tell me, oh, your career is over because you're pregnant. <laughs> and that kind of thing the second time around. So I probably, yeah, I probably enjoyed it so much more and um, just felt more more confident with it. And now it's it's that bit easier. I mean, I'm 37 now. Felix is five and a half. Julia is eight. And there, it, it's, it is a bit easier, I think, now. They're both at school. Um, it does feel more manageable. It definitely does versus them being small um, toddlers, preschoolers. It's it's really tough. Yeah, it definitely gets. I mean, I know it gets harder in some ways. And 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 friends of family of mine who have slightly older kids are like, you just wait. This this is great. This like you know from like kind of four or five up till like eight or nine, ten. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then but that uh, people say that to me now. I think we're in the kind of blissful <laughs> stage. Yeah, I know. And then, yes, exactly that. Especially with girls. I mean, I see now a bit of sass already from Julia. So. <laughs> Um, I'd say 12 for her, it might be 10 or 11, yeah. but um, we'll enjoy the time while we have it. Yeah, I know it is such, it is genuinely such a lovely phase at the minute, like, because they're still so lovable and they look like they're always lovable, but they love you so much still. And you haven't got to the annoying mummy stage just yet. Yeah, just like, <laughs> got me at the corner, mom, and then like, I'll walk so in. so embarrassing, mom. <laughs> but yeah, no, it is so cute, but... I just want to say thank you so much for chatting to me, Jill. I could continue to chat to you for ages and ages and ages, but I'm well aware that you are extraordinarily busy. Um, and I am so grateful for you to take the time out of your schedule because I know it is literally doing that. And I, and I know you are like fitting me in and I'm so thankful to, to you for doing no, that. And, it's um, been such a, such a pleasure. As I said at the beginning, I mean, I'm a massive, massive fan of the <laughs> podcast and it's such an honour considering the calibre of guests that you've had up to this point. I feel You're so right up there with them. Thing. But anyway, but no, it's a fantastic product. And I think that it's just, it's really important for us all to reflect, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, th- I, you know, one thing I think some of the, maybe the previous guest touched on is some of those like challenges and the times in life where you just felt overwhelmed. Something happened either personally, professionally, but it's, it's interesting when you're in the eye of the storm, you feel like you'll never get out of it. And then once you're out of it, it's almost a distant memory. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's got me to where I am now. Uh, lots of, lots of challenges personally and professionally. I've made so many mistakes, but you all it gets you to where you are you know it really experiences um experience comes in all shapes and forms it's it's not just everything going swimmingly and everything going exactly as you predict experience actually you probably get more experience from from the challenges and from the really really hard times I remember uh Marissa Carter saying to me and I, I I you obviously touched on the panel that we did together for the the schools for Coco Brown a couple of years ago but um yeah, I remember Marissa Carter saying to me, and she's obviously an amazing entrepreneur and has done fantastic things within the cosmetic space. But she said, think about the chapters of your book. If you were to write a book about your life or even right here, right now at the stage that you're at, and you were to write chapters of, of your book, they wouldn't be about the times when you're saying, oh, yeah, and the business is going really well. And <laughs> we're on target and we've hit all this, that, the other, we've nice sustainable growth. She's like, that wouldn't be the chapter. The chapters would be the really tough times, the times when you really question yourself, when you ask, what are, what am I doing? Um, 
and and the things that come out of left field and the things that that take you by surprise and knock you for six and you have to dust yourself off and and keep going they're actually the things they're the chaps of the book because that's that's what gets you to where where you want to go Absolutely. And like, you know, all, all the sitcoms and all the programs, the dramas we watch, if everything just was status quo and nothing happening, we wouldn't really be watching them, would we? No, so yeah, very interesting. <laughs> and that's what makes life interesting and keeps us on our toes. Yeah, keeps it interesting. You're right. <laughs> Indeed. We don't want, we don't want boring and normal. Absolutely not. <laughs> Sometimes it's nice, but you, know, you don't want it all the time. <laughs> I think I'm actually up for a little bit of boring and normal now. I think I've had a very interesting couple of years professionally and um with the pandemic thrown into the mix for good measure I'm yeah I wouldn't mind a bit of boring normal at least six months and then I'll start to get bored and I'll start to crave the drama again (laughs) but I thank you so much it's been lovely to talk thank you so much for listening to a little foresight if you enjoyed it please share with others and like and subscribe If there's anyone you'd like to hear on the podcast, or if you have any questions or just want to chat about anything spoken about, please do get in touch. It's a little foresight on Instagram and little foresight on Twitter. Take care and stay safe. Thank you so much for listening to A Little Foresight. If you enjoyed it, please share with others and like and subscribe. If there's anyone you'd like to hear on the podcast, or if you have any questions or just want to chat about anything spoken about, please do get in touch. It's a little foresight on Instagram and little foresight on Twitter. Take care and stay safe.